0: Hello everyone, my name is Taylor, and I'm Kelly, and we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. (laughs) What is that private party? The revolution is televised. The yeah! we go. Doctor, I'll see you now. Join the dark order. That belt's yours.
1: This one, this one, Cody, is mine. You're listening to Music of the Map on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I am your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 161, and it's a third AEW grab bag. And today I'm joined by a first-time guest here on the show. She is a writer and editor with works published in such places as the Boston Globe, Rolling Stone, Time Magazine, and Entertainment Weekly. She's also an adjunct professor at Boston College. She's also a radio DJ, a former music editor for The Village Voice, and most importantly, a Boston resident just like me. It's Mora Johnston. Mora, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you're here, definitely. Um, I know ever since you were on... Uh, another Mass Holes podcast, uh, Jesse Collings, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Gentleman's Wrestling podcast a few months ago. Uh, people in the w Discord have been wondering, you know, when you're going to be on this Mass Holes podcast. And uh, well, here you are. So um, let the people rejoice, Mora.
1: <laughs> Excellent. I'm making the Mass Hole rounds. It makes me feel more of a, a native of the area, too. So that's nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know originally you're not from Boston. You're from Long Island, right?
1: I am from Long Island, yes. I'm from Hicksville, Long Island, which is Billy Joel's hometown, but now, more notably, also the home of Create-A-Pro. So, very oh. exciting. Yeah. And I lived there. Um, well, I lived in New York until 2013 when I came up to Boston, and I've been here ever since.
0: Yeah, Billy Joel, Lorraine Bracco, uh, MJF, all, all the stars, all the stars are Well, here. he
1: would be very quick to say he's from Plainview and not Hicksville. <laughs> definitely a rivalry there but um yeah and uh the long island medium
0: too oh well you know can't forget her of course Uh, (laughs) yeah um well to me look you're one of us now i think i mean anyone who names their cat nuno after nuno (laughs) Betancourt, the lead guitarist of extreme that that's a true bostonian right there okay you you might as well call it aerosmith or whatever (laughs) all right so (laughs) you're one of us now so good on (laughs) you thank
1: you well, Nuno has more vowels than Aerosmith. Pet, pet names with vowels are my thing, for sure. So,
0: mm-hmm. Well, um, since it's your first time on the show here, Maura, I'll ask you this. How did you become a wrestling fan? How did you get into it?
1: I first got into it, I guess, when I was younger. My sister and her friends um, on the block really got into it. This was the Ultimate Warrior era, so like the you know late 80s, early 90s. And then I was kind of dormant for a bit. And then when I lived in Philadelphia in the early 2000s i would watch it a lot with my friends and actually one of my friends my friend john solomon who is an incredible dj um who just is an awesome person he would write recaps of us watching raw and smackdown in philadelphia for a now defunct website and then i kind of fell off i moved to new york and i kind of fell off for a bit but when i moved back to boston a friend of mine named jim mcgrath who is a fellow academic academic uh he invited me over to watch i believe it was the real rumble where aj styles debuted i think that was the first show that we watched together and then we just started watching wrestling together um and then i got you know kind of into it and i got more into it when AEW started because i was just really excited about this new thing because it definitely spoke to some of the frustrations that i was having about watching wwe And when Moxley kind of showed up at Double or Nothing, that really sealed the deal for me.
0: Just curious, do you watch other wrestling besides the EW? Because I know you watch that because you're in the Discord, but um, do you watch like New Japan or stuff like that?
1: I try to. I mean, you know, I try to keep up. It's um, I go to I go to beyond shows, um, especially when they're closer to Boston. But I, you know, I, I would go to like uncharted territory and wrestling open with some friends of mine um i try to keep up i mean it's a lot you know and one of the things that makes keeping up with sort of any media a little tricky is that like my day job, you know my day job as it were requires me to kind of have my stereo running all the time so i can't multitask and everything um so i would like to you know i have subscriptions to new japan world and russell universe and ring of honor um it just is a matter of carving out that time because you know there's Eurovision to be watched too (laughs) oh
0: yes well of course the the ultimate competition yes (laughs) um well speaking of that I mean I know that music has played a big part in your life just in general uh that's pretty obvious I think but (laughs) as far as your wrestling fandom goes um has music played a big part in that over the years
1: I would say so yeah I think Mikey Ruckus is doing a really great job um making themes and stuff and Know the theme. I always think that the theme choices on the indies are really interesting as far as what aspects of the wrestlers' characters they bring out. Um, and I've always enjoyed the special entrances. Like, I went to Double or Nothing last year when Ruby Soho got played, uh, for you know, for Ruby Soho when she entered the ring. And I've really enjoyed the presentation of some of the other wrestlers' themes. Um, I haven't done any interview specifically about music and it's except for I dm'd a little bit I did a dm interview with Mikey Ruckus when um there I had to write a wrestling piece for the LA Times but other than that I'd like to do that more because I think it's a really interesting intersection just because of the way it really fills out the universe and also it's you know it's interesting to see kind of how these pieces of culture connect to one another Um, Certainly, the Bad Bunny thing has been really fascinating to me, because he is, you know, this, I mean, I saw him at Fenway Park last year, and he is one of the biggest stars in pop music right now, and he's all, but the way that he goes full all-in with WWE, I think it really burnishes that brand with an audience that might not have encountered it otherwise.
0: Yeah, this guy is, like, selling out arenas everywhere, and there he is doing Canadian Destroyers and taking choke slams. I mean, it's, mm. it's crazy, but, you know, being a wrestling fan makes you do crazy things. I think we're, we're proof of that, I think, uh, Maura. But <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you mentioned Mackie Ruggis, and that's for good reason, because today we are doing an AEW grab bag episode. This is our third AEW grab bag. And um, funny enough, when I did volume two of this, um, the guest I had on was a Mr. Will Washington, who oh, just wow. got a job at AEW. So, wow. look, I'm not saying you're going to get a phone call from TK after this, Laura, <laughs> but I'm not not saying it. So, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, uh, yes, we're doing another AEW themes episode here, and uh, it's an interesting time for AEW right now. Because on the one hand, the most recent run of Dynamites this past month or so have... Uh, uh, not been well received. Um, I mean, the last one with Omega and Moxley in the cage, that was a great episode. But before that, it's it's been shaky, let's just say. On the other hand, uh, they just sold 60,000 tickets to Wembley Stadium for All In. They have a rumored giant TV rights deal coming. There's another new show, Collision, on the horizon. CM Punk is coming back. So, you know, it's very much a swings and roundabout situation here, Amora.
1: Definitely. Well, I would say that, that's the case with, you know, I feel like any media property now, especially AW, which has been kind of hyper analyzed since it launched, right? And so any little movement is going to just be fixated on and focused on. And, you know, peaks and valleys are a part of of life, right? So I think that I'm super curious to see where things go over the next couple of weeks. Cause obviously there's also forbidden door coming up and, you know, there's like sort of in that realm is also um, double or nothing in a, in a week, in two weeks and all out, which sort of brackets the summer. And they're also coming to TD garden, which is a big upgrade yeah. from the Aganis arena. A little bit more of a schlep for me, but you know, <laughs> I'll take it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Aganis Arena is like five minutes from my apartment. So it's you know, it's a nice, quick, easy ride uh, to get to Dynamite. I mean I mean T D Garden is not that much of a hike, it's just more of a, a longer train ride, but um, but still the Againus Arena is very convenient for me anyway. But listen, if you're gonna go bigger in Boston, T D Garden is the place to do it, you know? No better place I think there, more So
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great, great venue. Great venue. Have seen a lot of good shows there in my uh tenure at the boston globe so it's been fun
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and uh like you mentioned double or nothing coming up in a few weeks and then after that it's forbidden door and then wembley and all out and grand slam i mean they're they're setting up to have a really big summer in that company for sure and we just gotta get over the hump of double or nothing just gotta get past this pay-per-view and it should be you know smooth sailing from there and if they have more episodes like they did last week um, it'll make the trip a lot smoother, I think, Mora. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> I think so too. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to the songs here. Um, now, originally, I had ten on the docket, but uh, Mora asked me very nicely if I could squeeze in a few more on the list. And uh, me, being the gracious host that I am, of course, said yes. So, a couple of bonus tracks here on the episode, if you will.
1: I appreciate and, your. Um, I appreciate your generosity.
0: Oh, uh, you're welcome. Well, for you, anything. Okay, so don't don't worry about it. <laughs> so we'll start off here with the first theme, and it's for the AEW international champion, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. And OC's theme is by Jefferson Starship, off the album Freedom at Point Zero. This is Jane. So, for the longest time, I associated this song with Wet Hot American Summer, um, but now it's very much the Orange Cassidy theme. And this was his indie theme before AEW, of course, and um, the funny thing is, when they gave him a real song in AEW a few years ago, it wasn't this. It was Pixie's Where Is My Mind, which is another great song, and then last year he finally got Jane. So, um, OC getting not one, but two great real songs as a theme, you know, lucky guy there, Moro. that's for sure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well... He deserves it though right i mean he's not just lucky he works hard and i feel like jane is such a great song um i should also note that it was also the first song that you heard in the film cocaine bears right it was yeah. directed by elizabeth banks who was in what had american summer so there's definitely a little you know mini universe of orange cassidy and <laughs> of jane that's that's developing but i feel like it's such a great song for this era of orange cassidy too because i feel like pixie's were in my mind fantastic song i mean obviously one of the tit- tit- titanic songs of the sort of college rock era but i feel like this song is so good obviously it has a backstory for him but it's also really indicative of i feel his his trying era do you know what i mean like how he's Use this championship to really kind of level himself up as a wrestler and to um, prove a lot of people wrong, which he was doing anyway, but I think even more so he's been doing it in this era of, of his AEW tenure. I should also point out, I feel like it's really funny that it was, you know, legal stuff that prevented Orange from using Jane for a while because this album, Freedom at Point Zero, that... Jane is on was the first Jefferson Starship album to have uh, Mickey Thomas as lead singer. And that was sort of the precursor to like all of the different, like, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, bands having substitute members. I mean, even Pixies now have brought in a bunch of bass players to take the place of Kim Deal. Um, But Jefferson Airplane slash Jefferson Starship slash Starship were kind of the <laughs> the, the, the OGs of that, if you will, um, in that, you know, they changed names, they changed band members, they were always kind of legal squabbling, squabbling with each other. So it's really interesting that that also sort of spilled over into this aspect of things.
0: Hmm. Well, listen, as someone who's a big fan of bands like Blackside with and Deep Purple, I'm, I'm very well aware of lineup changes in bands, okay? Oh, so. yeah.
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the two versions of Ellie Gunn that have been <laughs> squabbling in the <laughs> courts were not even a glint in, in Tracy Gunn's eye when this all started with, with some of these bands. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a few years ago, actually, I saw not Yes, but Yes featuring John Anderson Trevor Rabin, and Rick Wakeman. So oh, wow. I I'm also well aware of the dual bands phenomenon. Of totally, course. Yeah. Totally, but yeah. um but as far as Jane goes, um, you're right. You know, Pixies, that song a, a little bit more slowed down, a little bit more even keeled, I guess you might say. Jane more peppy, more energetic a little bit. Um, so it definitely fits this whole era of orange where he's, you know, uh trying a lot more. Yeah. Um but also, you know, it just it works really well as an entrance theme. Um, lyrically not so much, but musically with the piano intro that just builds up, and the video screens are all black, and then it kicks in, and the entrance video turns on, and the melody is kind of serious, but also a little bit lighthearted, which fits Orange's vibe, of course. So, yeah, I think all in all, um, money very well spent on TK's part, Mora.
1: I totally agree, yeah. And, you know, it's also really fun when it's like the end of the show and an orange win ends the show and then the song gets to its sort of bridge portion that's when you know that the that things are really just going well
0: mm-hmm. yeah and he's having a hell of a year and a hell of a title run too which is funny you know when they announced that he'd signed with the ew a few years ago people were like i don't know if this is going to work but it's worked out better than i think anyone ever could have imagined you know he's, he's a popular guy He's one of the hardest working guys, you know, they have. And he's also the most successful men's singles champion in company history in terms of defenses. So, um, yeah, he's he's worked out just so well, Mora.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, I mean, he also is just so charismatic and he strikes a chord. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the people who, you know, people dress up like him to go to shows, not just kids, either people of all ages, which I think speaks to a charisma that he has.
0: It's a pretty easy costume, to be fair. I mean, just, you know, well, a yeah, little true. bit of <laughs> denim, some sunglasses, you're good to go. You
1: gotta get the right kind of denim, though, you know, and, the, and that could be very <laughs> tricky depending on what the trends are that in that year.
0: I suppose, I suppose. <laughs> Song number two, and it's for the Japanese phenomenon, Takeshta. Takeshita. Uh, of course, originally from DDT, but now signed with AEW, which is pretty cool. Uh, Takeshita's AEW theme is by Mikey Ruckus, here he is, and it's called face-off face off. (laughs) So, um, ever since this song debuted, I think everyone and their mother has said the same thing, which is, this sounds like the Nitro theme. And in fairness, it it really does, but Mikey swears it's just a coincidence. The main inspiration for this song is Daisuke Sakamoto's theme and Gangplank Galleon from Donkey Kong Country. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But regardless, it's a kick-ass theme, a lot of energy, a lot of thrust to it, and it has that that triumphant, heroic tone to go along with Takeshita's uh, you know heroic fighting spirit mentality. So it's a good fit, I think, Mora.
1: I think so too. I think the one thing that it could use is maybe just a little bit more of a peak at that point where he would like hit the you know the the ramp. Um, but I think the overall vibe of it really gets people going. Certainly when I went to the show on Love Island, I guess last month, and, you know, he came out at the end, end of the night, and still, when that theme hit, people got really excited, which is a testament to his charisma, but also to, I think, the way that this song can really pump up a crowd.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one definitely grew on me um, as it came along, because I love his DDT theme, which he used for the first few months in AEW, but um, I guess if you sign a guy, He's gonna be here for the long haul. You want to put your own stamp on him with your own song, um, and also not pay the rights to the Japanese theme. That that too, I think. But uh, yeah, but um, so yeah, this grew on me, and it's not as epic as the DDT theme is, of course, but it still has that similar high-speed rock vibe there to it. More.
1: Yeah, yeah, it kicks fast, but like in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Takeshita. I mean, just what can I say? One of my favorite guys in the company just such a great wrestler and someone who has gotten really over with the fans just by being a great wrestler. You know, it's, it's not that difficult. Just have some great matches. People will like him more. It's, it seems pretty simple, but, um, but yeah, I hope that he just has all the success in the world in AEW and hope he's, you know, a major player in the company for years to come.
1: Very, very excited about him in a lot of ways. And I'm super curious to see how he fits into the whole elite BCC story in the coming weeks.
0: Theme number three, and it's for the delightful Willow Nightingale, a Northeastern graduate, I believe. Uh, Willow's theme is from the Nonstop Producer Series label from the Warner Chapel Music Library. This is by Chase Baker, and it's called Hip Twitch. time this song hits I get the biggest smile on my face I mean this is just a tremendous funky dance brew it's kind of like a knockoff, random access memories era daft punk sort of thing with the modulated vocals you know (laughs) get it right get it right you and I baby we know how to get it right and it's perfect for Willow who just brings the fun brings the excitement and brings the joy and she is just the most babyface to ever her babyface. So yeah, I, I defy anyone to not dig this song more.
1: Oh, it's so much fun. And I mean, she is just so fantastic. She's somebody who, you know, since I first saw her at a Beyond show, I've just been completely bowled over by her charisma and her, you know, she's just incredible. I mean, she's just incredible to watch and she, you can hear it, you know, anytime that she comes out, the crowd just you know freaked out, and part of that too, obviously, is because a lot of the shows that I go to are in this area where you know she has a lot of fans from being from Northeastern and you know from beyond and other promotions in the area. But, um, I think that she is just so she's got it, you know, she has like she could, I think that her charisma can translate to so many other arenas. And I feel like it's funny because I was looking at the um the page for this album on the Warner Chappelle production music side because this is a song this isn't by Mikey Ruckus so this is a this is a piece of production music you know that was designed to just like go with any kind of um tv show or other broadcast medium out there and like some of the usages one of them is a game show and it just made me (laughs) want like Willow to like become the host of the Price is Right or something because she could really get that crowd energy going you know
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you mean, definitely. Um, well, I remember at last year's Boston show, uh, Willow had a match on Rampage against Red Velvet. And um, yeah, I yeah. remember thinking that this music is just so awesome. I hope they don't change it. And uh, so far they haven't, thankfully. And um, there was also the match where the crowd got so behind Willow that they booed Red Velvet. And that's kind of the charm of Willow. She just, she has so much charisma and energy. She can just, you know, turn the fans to her side no matter what. Um and the music does help too. There is there is that the music does help in a big way, Maura, for sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was that was an incredible. You were at that show too because yep. was that was just like such an incredible thing to watch and to be in the midst of.
0: Yeah, I was there. Um that was the show with FDR Young Bucks, the rematch. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good show. Um
1: And uh, so- Yuta.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, that too. The Moxley blood match. Yeah, that was yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, well, also, a big shout-out, of course, to Ian Rickaboni and Caprice Coleman for dancing at the commentary table when this song hits, because, I mean, they're, they're doing it right, just, you know, getting their groove on. God love them both, Mora, God love them both.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: Up next, we're going to go to the leader of La Facción Ingobernable, El Toro Blanco, Roosh, and Rouge the AEW theme is by Mikey Ruckus. This is Bull Whip. a few years back, I did an episode about Roosh's themes, and one of the songs he had in CMLL was Black Skinhead by Kanye West. Uh, with the intro being the scene from Wolf of Wall Street, with Matthew McConaughey doing the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I think we know where the inspiration for this one came from, uh, <laughs> but still, this is a really cool theme. Uh, very menacing. Has that rollicking dun-dun-dun-dun-dun rhythm, and the Roosh. Roosh. It really helps convey Roosh as this dangerous guy, as this you know, this bull who's gonna get in there and mess you up. So um, we had the niceness with Willow's theme, of course. And uh, you know now we have the <laughs> definitely uh, studying
1: the... contrasts of this in this part, yeah.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Now we have the menace of Roosh's theme. There you go, Mora, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I, I love this theme. I love the theme from the first time I heard it. It's so funny though because um, I didn't realize I I I haven't watched a lot of CMLL, I will confess, and I didn't realize the Black-Skinhead connection, I think because I've just, I've, I've memory wiped a lot of the debates about Jesus because that was a very <laughs> dark period in the music criticism world. <laughs> but um, once you mentioned it, I was like, oh, right. That, that's very, very obvious. But I feel like it's a testament to Mike Yarka's ability to kind of take these ideas and build on them in exciting ways that it still isn't, you know, like, oh, well, it's just, it's just this redux.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, um, what also helps too, is that he looks the part, you know, he comes out with the big bull mask and he's all jacked up and wet and slapping his chest. And he has the entourage with him, with Jose and Vance and to go He just looks like something you don't want to mess with. And him coming out with this song, it's not just some generic rock riff. It's, it sounds ominous. It sounds dangerous. So I think Mikey did a great job of, yeah, of matching the tone of the song with the tone of, of the guy, Mora.
1: Yes, very much. And just the the way in which that roosh roosh is just repeated throughout the song, it also primed the audience to get chanting, which is great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, roosh. I mean, I, I've been a big fan of his in AEW, and I'm, I'm just amazed at how well he's worked out, you know, because... He has a reputation, we all know this, <laughs> but he's been a good soldier. He's, he's been a, a locker room leader, as the Discord says, um, more so than Andrade has been, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, Rush has been awesome in AEW, and uh, hopefully that lasts, because he's got a great theme and a great vibe and a great presence, tomorrow. so yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's only been a year since he was first introduced, because it was a video package of Double or Nothing last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty great.
0: Theme number five, and it's a tag team theme. It's for Austin and Colton The Guns, former AEW tag team champions. And uh, The Guns theme does not have a named artist. I don't know who does it. I believe it's a friend of The Guns who wants to remain anonymous. I think that's the story. But um, but anyway, uh, this is simply called The Guns Theme. a lot of songs on this episode but especially this one. Um, Ever since this song debuted I've been a big fan. Uh, It starts off with the train whistle and the guitar strum and the railroad crossing bell and you think okay it's going to be like a western kind of theme and then it takes this big left turn into you know 80s spacey keyboard territory so it's kind of combining these two worlds and it turns out to be really damn good Maura.
1: I would say yeah I think it's really evocative. I actually kind of also love how it, it's it's really good, but it also kind of sums up their their sort of modern douchey guy appeal in this very kind of <laughs> open road on the highway driving down way. And I feel like it's you know the musical equivalent of those earrings that stud Colton's braid. It's just it's just really it's really well done, and it really frames them I think in a in a way that is effective.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the guns have a whole Western motif to them anyway, you know, with the name and the Colt Forty Five, Three Ten to Yuma. So it's playing off that, but it's not necessarily going for just a straight up, uh, you know, kind of cowboy song. That's that's more Hangman's territory, to be fair, you know. Um, but it still conveys that feeling of like, you know, the outlaws running into town on their they're robot horses or what have you so (laughs) you know it it has that futuristic yet retro 80s western vibe kind of it's a whole big mishmash of stuff and it works more i think
1: very like desert windswept kind of stuff but with you said a modern flair. so maybe like that neon blue sunset feel
0: Mm -hmm, right yeah um I also want to bring up uh, the time that The Guns came out to Many Men by 50 Cent. Yes, that was awesome. I
1: was at that show. That was great.
0: It was incredible because, you know, it's 50 Cent and it's The Guns. <laughs> and you never think to put them together. But, I mean, that entrance of them, you know, in the spotlight and the cameras circling around them and Austin's wrapping along. I mean, that is a really cool entrance and it's made, like, even better by that kind of the kind of extra layer of, you know, it's the guns, you know, it's these total goobers coming out to 50 <laughs> cents. So uh, yeah, just a, a tremendous moment on dynamite. Uh, Maura.
1: It also worked really well because it was in New York. Right. And so it was like a lot of people who, you know, 50 cent, like obviously Long Island is New York adjacent, but it was adjacent enough to Queens that there were lots of 50 cent appreciators in the crowd and people were kind of freaking out.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, moving on now to the next theme and it's for Chris Statlander uh, currently out injured hope she gets back soon Stats theme is by Mikey Ruckus this is Cauterize So, Stat got this theme when she changed her gimmick, Uh, went from doing all the alien stuff to uh, a more straightforward wrestler, uh, the whole more than a woman kind of thing, so they changed her song too, and her song is pretty straightforward here, Uh, got that no-nonsense rock riff to it and a little bit of orchestration in there as well. It's a bit generic, I think, but if you're going to portray Stat as being more serious, then a song like this does work a lot better than, say, her old theme, which... reference all the alien stuff in there with the lyrics. So um, I I think it did make sense for the gimmick change, Maura.
1: I think it does the job well, yeah. I mean, I'm really curious because, I mean, this theme, you know, effectively was only used for about four months since she was, she left, you know, she injured herself in August of last year. So I'm wondering if when she does come back, if they'll go back to the song or if there'll be another iteration of the theme. I would imagine she'll still use the more than woman gimmick just because it seems like that was really effective and it seems like a, that was also setting her up to kind of dethrone Jade Cargill eventually for the TBS championship. But yeah, I think that, I, you know, I think I think it's a really interesting situation that this particular song is in since it wasn't it was used for such a relatively short amount of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if you listen closely, there are still pieces of a role theme in the melody of this one. So there's still that connection to the older era in there, and and Stat does that herself with the face paint too, in a way. But yeah, the the message is very much still about starting a new path, and um, there's no there's no come and take a ride with me to a brand new galaxy lyrics there either. So yeah, um, but but yeah, I, I miss Statlander a lot. Um, hope she comes back soon. I know two knee injuries like that; those are tough. Those are tough to deal with, but. Look, wrestlers are freak athletes, they come back from injuries all the time, and uh, I hope she does come back and be the one to dethrone Jade, because um, that seemed like the plan, and then she got injured, and that threw a big monkey wrench, um, or a big alien wrench, I should say, uh, in the works, <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Statlanders, and uh, hopefully she comes back soon, and, and stronger than ever, Mora.
1: Is an alien wrench an Allen wrench
0: variant? Hey, folks. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, but I'm absolutely with you. I can't wait for her to come back. I, I think she's so fantastic. Like just, again, such charisma, so good in the ring. And I'm hoping that, you know, when she returns from this injury, she is better than ever.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. Theme number seven, and it's another tag team theme. Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, Cool Hand Ange, Angelo Parker, 2.0 members of the JAS. And uh, 2.0's theme is again by Mikey Ruckus. This is Sunset in the Vice. So i mentioned the 80s vibes earlier with the guns theme we'll move out of the way because here comes the main course uh, i mean this is 80s synthwave vibes up the wazoo just driving in a red corvette down the highway ray-bans on warm weather sun going down i mean it's called sunset in the vice for god's sake it's it's pretty <laughs> on the nose mora <laughs> uh
1: canadian vice right i i i think I love this theme. I mean, I feel like it fits the appeal of Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange, which they have that kind of uncannily retro appeal, you know, like very kind of old school, obviously, but with a very 2023 twist. I like this track, although I do wonder if it couldn't use, you know, a sort of You Belong to the City style sax solo Uh, at some point, because I feel like that would really just nail the vibe even more perfectly.
0: That would be nice. That would be nice, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like you said, if anyone fits the vibe of, like, 80s bad guy henchmen, it's 2.0. Because you have Cool Hand Ange looking like a prime yuppie in the shirt and <laughs> suspenders and, and the comb. And his comb. And then you have Daddy Magic, who is the human embodiment of cocaine. You know, just <laughs> constantly screaming, big bug eyes. He is booger-sugared to the max. So regardless of whether or not there's a sultry saxophone in there, I think going for that that 80s Miami motif with this song is is a good choice for them, Mora.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Next up is the theme for the ROH world champion Claudio Castagnoli, member of the Blackpool Combat Club. And uh, Claudio's theme is when he had an ROH way back in the day he's got it again now. This is originally composed by Tchaikovsky. I don't know who does this version. I don't think it really matters either way, but this is the 1812 Overture. So obviously this isn't the entire song, this is just the last 90 seconds or so, which is the most famous part, you know, um, The Boston Pops play it every year for the 4th of July, and uh, it immediately stands out as an actual piece of classical music, not just, you know, part of the deluge of rock or metal or hip-hop themes. It's powerful, it's rousing, it has the big cannons, and it's based on the Russian victory over Napoleon so it's got that air of strength and pride around it too and i think claudio is a guy who is also powerful he's also rousing he also has big cannons <laughs> uh he's strong he has pride so it's a great match there mora
1: yeah and he could probably defeat armies if called upon i think <laughs> um yeah i think that this is so great um you know definitely the earlier rework the uppercut symphony version was more kind of peppy and you know, a take on it that was a little more heroic. And so just the straight up orchestral rendition is more appropriate to the more serious, non-amateur Blackpool combat club as heels era of Claudio. I really, really like the usage of this. Um, I like the edit of it. I think that, you know, just the way that it hits initially is really effective.
0: Yeah, that was in my notes, too, how his first AEW theme, the uppercut swingphony, that was also the 1812 Overture, but that felt a little bit more, you know, light, a little bit more playful with the rock guitar. Heel Claudio, though, he is all business. He's going to destroy you. No playing around. So, yeah, a much better choice to go back to the much more serious orchestral version. Um, and, you know, the cannons are going off, boom, that's that's great, too, and it's a victory song, so, yeah, there's the mentality of, I'm going to win, so there is a little layer there, too, uh, Mora.
1: Definitely, definitely, that kind of, I know that I'm going to win, I mean, using it as entrance music, too, it's like, well, me winning is a foregone conclusion, so I might as well just play the fanfare now and get it out of the way.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I'd say this is one of Claudio's better themes he's had in his career, for sure, because um, he's had some stinkers, too, I mean, that Siren one, no, thank you, but but this song is is really cool and uh, really unique too. Like I said, so yeah.
1: I actually really liked that super super glitchy WWE theme of his, and I had it as a ringtone for a while um because it was very it, it got my attention. It would cut through the loudest music that I was listening to. It was very, <laughs> very it was very useful in that way.
0: Theme number nine, and it's for the bastard pack. <laughs> Uh, currently somewhere in England, MIA. I don't know, probably being a bastard somewhere there. Pack's theme is another Mikey Ruckus song. This is called Out of Time 2.0. Day one of Pac's post-WWE run as the bastard. He's always, you know, portrayed himself as, uh, well, as a bastard. You know, he's not clean-cut. He's not kissing babies or hugging fat girls. He is this angry goblin man who is just, just a bit unhinged, shall we say? And that's what makes him so dangerous. You know, as the song goes, "Out of my head, you're out of time." So, him having this, you know, very erratic unhinged song with all sorts of elements like rock and strings and that that evil dubstep, you know, it, it lines up with that very well, I'd say, Maura.
1: Totally, yeah. Mikey Ruckus um, was asked about this theme during, like, he does a lot of Q&As on Twitter, and so in November 21, he said that, quote, Pac wanted a psychotic runaway type prodigy theme. Which ah, I think yeah, I, I can, hear it. I can the, hear it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can hear that, you know, you can see him kind of running around like, the, the, in the video for Firestarter or something <laughs> um and i think it just has such fantastic you know little menace era me- energy rather um that it just really works and it, it, gets, it gets you psyched i'm really psyched for him to come back i should also say i i really like the eight bit rework of this theme a lot too that appears on eight bit mayhem the um Mikey Ruckus did an album of a bunch of the AEW themes in video game mode, and this one is really, really fun. Like, it's it's very marauding, killing all the aliens or whatever might be besieging you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, Pac's a guy who is just, he's done so well in really cultivating his character not just with this wrestling or his promos but like the imagery surrounding him too like the entrance video for this is also very chaotic and there's like close-up shots of him you know laughing and screaming and the footage is all just janky uh i I think it's beyond gorilla who does that stuff with him which is uh is a really yeah he does a great job with that stuff um so yeah Pag is he's not just doing just these generic bad guy promos in front of a wall. There's actual production behind it and actual, you know, creativity there. So, yeah, Pack is someone who definitely goes the extra step in, you know, crafting a well-defined character and a well-defined persona without going, you know, too overboard with it either, Mora.
1: I would agree with you on that. Absolutely. He has a very defined idea of what his character should and should not be, which is very key.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, should be Hammer's. Uh, shouldn't be smiling so very very simple rule of thumb there for sure (laughs) (laughs) theme number 10 and this is one of mora's extra picks and if you're wondering who was so lucky to get their theme added to the show it's the one and only hollywood hunk ryan nemeth yes of the wingmen and ryan's theme is by Maggie ruckus featuring emma gero this is walk of fame i you. So I apologize for not including this one in my original 10 because I forgot just how great this song is. It's I mean, so it's good. repetitive, of course, like most themes, but it is catchy as all hell. And I don't even like Ryan Nemeth as a wrestler, but I hear that chorus. say hey, yeah, got a star on the walk of fame. Bow, bow. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, baby, let's go. Ryan Nemeth, wingman, come on. So uh, thank you for nudging me to include this one more. It- it's pretty great.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'll always uh, ride for this song. I mean, I love Sleigh Bells who are, you know, they're this duo. They were from New York and basically they just made like pop music that made you want to run into a brick wall where it was just this woman, Alexis Krauss, who has a you know, voice similar to Emma Garrel's. It's very kind of girlish and sweet. But then um, the producer would make these beats that were just pummeling And, you know, would surround you in, like, harshness. And it's such a great mix. They're still making music. Their records are just still constantly really awesome to get pumped up to. And I guess they're Ryan Nemeth's favorite band. So that's why he asked Mikey to make the song in his style. And I think it's so effective because it really gets you... It really makes you turn your head with that opening sort of punch of synth. Um, I will say also that I think the Wingmen... That's some pretty good themes. I love Peter, uh, pretty Peter Avalon's sexy time theme, too, that has that really kind of yacht rock feel to it. But I always get excited when they use Walk of Fame as the Wingman walkout instead of Peter's.
0: Well, I just love when a female vocalist does a song for a male wrestler, I love mm-hmm. that so much. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. same for you know, Johnny Gargano's old uh, Ripple Hearts theme. Oh, yeah, uh, same I for see. Christian's Just Close Your Eyes. The original version by waterproof blonde love that too and yeah if you're gonna do a song in the vein of sleigh bells then duh you're gonna get a female singer of course so yeah um and i like a couple of their songs too um tell em, that's a good song that was great. uh real real that's, Ril that's Ril pretty Ril good, so good too yeah so um yeah listen if you have a woman singer doing a, a theme for a male wrestler I'll give it a serious shot, and uh, this one definitely tickles my fancy, Mora. that's for sure.
1: Same, same, yeah. Yay, Ryan Nemeth.
0: So the 11th theme here is the last of my original picks for the episode. And look, I couldn't not include the tremendous theme here <laughs> for Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Yes, it's their tag theme by Mikey Ruckus. This is My World and Circumstance. This is obviously a mashup of Jarrett's My World and Lethal's Stomp and Circumstance which he only used once for his debut I believe uh, at Full Gear 2021, but um, it seamlessly flows from one to the next and I I think it's a lot like the actual Jarrett and Lethal team, where at first you're a bit skeptical of the whole thing but then somehow it ends up working and I think this Jarrett, Lethal, Sanjay and Satnam combination has been so much fun and a lot of that has to do with the old fashioned bree woo woo of my world <laughs> so listen i can't help it i like the song i like the group it's all tremendous maura
1: it's it's you know mashups are super tricky i mean i lived through the early 2000s when mashups were the big thing in every indie disco out there and you know sometimes they can really be they can work for like maybe an eight count and then they just fall apart. And so shout out to Mikey Ruckus for knowing how to fuse these two songs together because I think that he did a really great job. And like you said, it is kind of similar to the appeal of the team itself in as much as if you have two strong elements and you have to put them together, you might think that it would fall apart. But in this case, it works really well. I also thought that the mashup of Sammy and mjf's theme that that, uh, mikey put together a couple weeks ago was really good too
0: Mm -hmm. well the thing about mikey is he always loves to go the extra mile for these mashup themes like um, you mentioned the sammy mjf one he got the guy who does sammy's theme to re-record lines to better fit the mashup with mjf's theme so yeah he, he does that sort of thing and and with this one as well i didn't realize this until i heard the song up close but he actually re-recorded the vocals for My World a little bit to better fit the mashup because those those aren't Dale Oliver's vocals; those are his vocals. Um, so yeah, I, I think he does a great job of keeping the original spirit of My World alive for the most part, but you know, adding in his own little flavor here and there uh, to the mashup to make it his own. So um, yeah, good on Mikey.
1: I feel like that's part of his magic, though. You know, like I think that that makes what his best song so good is that he has that kind of, not reverence, but just like, The respect. You know, respect, yeah, respect for the past. But he also is not afraid to break with tradition and, and do his own thing if he feels it's right.
0: hmm yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jared and AEW, I mean, look, it's been the theme of the episode. You know, guys who have just worked out better than we imagined. I think that's true for Jared too. I mean... You know the claimed feud was so much fun. Every time Jared does that thing where he's about to get a pin and he goes, "Aha! I got it!" Yeah, and of course the guy kicks out a two because of it. I I laugh and smile so much, and yeah, it's been so much fun. I I can't help it. I'm I'm brew pilled, Maura. I'm sorry. I just it's taken hold of me.
1: I don't know if I'm pilled, but I I, I've enjoyed his. I've enjoyed him a lot for sure.
0: Well, those were all of the standard themes on the list, but um, we're going to wrap up here talking about another song that Mikey Ruckus uh, just put out recently. Uh, finally, after many, many months of work, uh, he put out the Hater Rave. Uh, Hater Hits Hard, the 30-minute rave mix that is built on Jamie Hater's theme, but it includes, like, 20 other AEW themes in there for, like, FTR and Adam Cole, Britt Baker, uh, Butcher and the Blade, and, you know, Lee Moriarty just... So many others, all in one big uh, EDM rave bonanza. Um, we're not going to play the whole thing, obviously, but uh, <laughs> it's all on YouTube and Spotify and uh, iTunes and, and Bandcamp. Um, Bandcamp. That too, yeah, Bandcamp and uh, and yeah, it's it's really great. And it's another you know feather in the cap of Mikey Ruckus, who you know doesn't have to do all this like this, the eight-bit album, the symphony stuff, the hip-hop album, all the remixes he does. He doesn't have to do all of it, but he wants to do it because he loves making music and he loves just working his ass off of the fans. Um, so yeah, this is just fantastic. And I give two big thumbs up to Mikey Ruckus on his uh, big hater rave mix. Maura, it's great.
1: I love it. I think it's so much fun. I think uh, also shout out to the hybrid twos theme, which was low key. One of my favorites when it was being aired regularly. Um, but I think that, it's just, it It really is fun, but also the ways in which he uses some elements of the themes are really fun. Like I love the way that the best friends, boom, boom, gets into the mix at that one point or the Danhausen, very nice, very evil. I think that it just shows how his aesthetic is very varied, but, th- but at the same time, it's all coming from a similar, like, like it's coming from a, a defined sensibility. And it's also just really fun to listen to. It's just really fun, <laughs> like picking it. You know, picking out the bits too. I mean, I'm sure that there's stuff that I haven't even picked out yet. That's like a you know a guitar line from this or something. Because that's how kind of dense he is at his approach to making these songs, and it really shines through in efforts like this, and A Bit Mayhem, and the Symphony Series, and other other things that he's done.
0: Right, right. Yeah, my favorite part is right towards the end when it gets to the Kenny Omega section with new lyrics that Little V Mills did just for this mix. And then it kicks in with all that EDM goodness, and it's like, it's like I, when I hear that, I become the meme of Winnie the Pooh's soul leaving his body.
1: Aww. Like, I
0: just, I ascend <laughs> to a higher plane of existence when I hear that part. So, I, I want a full song of just that. So, Mikey, if you're listening, Bubby, please make a full version of Battle Cry just like that, and that would be very cool for your pal, Andrew. So, if you're listening, man. Please do that. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where the story will take us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of music of the mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Mora, thank you so very much. This was an absolute blast. Just so much fun having you on the first time. And you were just a, a real gem of a guest. So thank you so much.
1: <laughs> thank you. That's so nice. Well, this was so much fun to be here. I, I told some friends that I was going to be on this and they were like, that seems like the perfect podcast for you. And I was like, I hope so. I hope I do a good job. So thanks.
0: (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, Well, any plugs you want to give go right ahead.
1: So um, you can find my work in the Boston Globe and um, in Rolling Stone. And this weekend I'm reviewing the Taylor Swift show. So that that's another lore heavy uh, (laughs) enterprise that I will be entering into. Um, And I have a show on Uncertain FM, which is a streaming radio station run by T.J. Connolly, who is the DJ for the Patriots and the Bruins. And it is on every Tuesday at 10 p.m. And it is I talk about wrestling and I play a lot of really good music from various eras. Um, And the station overall is really a lot of fun. Lots of different DJs with different sensibilities, but they all love music and geeking out about different parts of it. So it's super, super cool.
0: All right, and Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great shows on there at VoicesofWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. VoicesofWrestling.com slash Discord for discussions and comments. Uh, I'm on there. Mora, you're in there as well, of course. I am. Uh, VoicesofWrestling.com slash Donate. For any donations, uh, just click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And, of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Maura, thank you again, and I'll see you around.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. for Mora Johnston, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography.